Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You know, and unfortunately, we're all a little bit different. You know, this quarterback's running the ball. They, you know, we miss a field goal at the end. Um, you know, just different scenarios. We're, we're trying to work through all of them, um, you know, so that we can just we can start winning these games, you know. We haven't won them yet, so we've had a little, and we've had a little bit of, you know, the injuries and COVID and things like that, and we just got to overcome it. But he has him. You are correct. What now? Um, three and five going into the Chargers game in Los Angeles on Sunday. It is Purple Access. Solgad, Chip Scoggins, executive producer, Declan Goff, and uh, Chipper. Where? So, so in our long time of either covering this team together or at least covering it, period. Uh, where is 2021 starting to rank? Are are we in? Are we getting any closer? And I'm not going to say the magic season, Chip. Yeah. Are we getting any closer <laughs> to 2016? Yes. Oh yeah, I think for sure. And was it? It feels like 2013 was kind of a wild season too, right? Um, 13 was Leslie's last year. Last year, and we had some arrests in that year. We yes. Had um some do we have weird injuries that year i'm trying to think they all kind of bleed together but um yeah nothing well i don't want to say never right you never say never but um so we can't put it in the one year that no we'll go no we will not name that year and it will not be that year (laughs) i agree you're right but but 16 Uh, 16 was a good team that got off to a good start and there there were definite expectations and it unraveled and a lot of things went wrong feels like a lot of things have gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it went back to training camp and it started with Rick Dennison. And yeah, I was talking to Patrick, I was talking to Patrick Royce about this yesterday or the other day. And he's like, I forget how he phrased it, but he's right that when a season starts to feel a certain way, it just keeps going down that path. Typically, it doesn't turn back, right? You don't have like, once you have a lot of weird, or at least with this organization. Yeah. Once you have a lot of weird stuff happening and not even, even off the field stuff, but just the way the games have gone, right. Um, that it's hard for it to turn around. It just becomes kind of the, what, what the season is just one long, strange, weird trip. And so that's what this is. I mean, it just feels like it's a weekly drama with um, on the field, off the field, the way the games have gone. Um, it's, you know, 
it's weird, Judd, because you you watch them play sometimes, and you're like, okay, they're doing some good stuff here. They're you know, this team can um win one of these, you know, beat one of these teams in Russell's, and then they just don't find a way to finish. And and I think that's sort of what this team's DNA is now. Yeah, I agree with that. And the thing that I guess there, there's a lot of things I don't get here, but I think the thing I don't get the most, and and we talked about this when the move was made. And now it's been, so it was a first guess, but how you could put Clint Kubiak in charge of this offense. Yeah. And, and I mean, we watch this thing, Chip, and it's a mess. It's a train wreck. And there's no reason why with the personnel it should be. Um, and, and I know they've scored some points. Like, that's what I got. Well, they scored points against Baltimore. What are you talking about? I don't care about the points. I care about how it looks in the execution. Yeah. And, and Chip, that third and nine in OT. Which, by the way, if mm-hmm. you give that ball to Baltimore, the game's done. Because your defense Correct. is fried. They are cooked. They're done. They're yeah. done. Yeah. So you got third and nine, and and first and uh, and the second down call were bad. But you've got your chance, and Baltimore shows blitz, and that's your answer to it. Yeah, um, I, I can't get. Pa- I cannot get past that from Kirk's standpoint, from Clint, from Zimmer, from anybody's standpoint. Well, no, and I and. This is what it's hard to parcel out because I think we're seeing that Clint is uh, overmatched when it comes to adjusting to what's happening during the game. Really good putting the script together. Excellent coming out, but just not being able to adjust. But but it's hard to know how much this is on Cousins in terms of just his risk aversion and not wanting to take shots down the field because – um, we don't know the play call, what the routes and all that are. And I just, it just feels like Cousins is so consumed with one completion percentage and not, and not having turnovers that he'll play it safe every time. And, you know, maybe that's what Zimmer has beat into the offense. Just don't have turnovers. You know, a punt's not a bad thing. And so they play this conservative, ultra conservative, safe way. But it's absurd, absolutely absurd that Justin Jefferson has nine targets uh, last two weeks combined. I mean, it's just I don't know how you can justify that at all. And and don't and don't justify it by oh they're playing a two deep shell cover umbrella <laughs> whatever they you know all the stuff they talk about. Please don't say that because other teams adjust and they get the they get the ball to their wide receivers. It's just. You just cringe when you see third and nine, a three-yard, four-yard check down to Conklin or C.J. Ham. It's like, you know, I don't know what they think that's going to accomplish. I just, I, it's baffling, Judd. Let's dissect that because we try and have these these conversations about play calling and execution as if it's on one person and can be like fit just fix it but here's yeah here's the reality first of all kirk has the physical talents to be a good quarterback and he's shown it he definitely has them yeah but he's the tin man he's got no brain and so he needs to be led by the hand especially when there's pressure by an oc who knows what he is doing which is where kubiak the decision to to hire him and to stick with him which, I, I mean, Zimmer's yeah. actively sabotaging himself. So on that third and nine, Chipper, 
Yeah. Baltimore, which loves to blitz, shows blitz. So, but they show mm-hmm. it. Like, they're not disguising much. Yeah. They're, everybody comes up, and so Kirk is looking at that. Kirk's inability to slide the protection at that point in his career is very troublesome, but you're not surprised by it. And that's why, yeah. and that's why you have to have an OC who's given Kirk the answer to the test. Kirk needs an open book test. And so yeah. when Kirk sees that, it's quite clear Kirk panics. When Kubiak up in the press box or the coach's booth sees that, it's quite clear he panics too. So who's the person to calm things? Who's the veteran who can say, call timeout? We're going to call timeout or we're going to do like that would they had a timeout left. And I know that it was their last one, but that is that's your final offensive play. play. That's the play. So you got to use that timeout. So if you so if you say, which is inexcusable, but if you say we don't know what to do, it's going to be a blitz. You got to burn that timeout. So what are you doing? Like, what's everybody doing? Well, and I saw Sage Rosenfels after uh, the game. That play came up, and he said, "You know what? I think he said they had enough block." Yes, he did. Make sure I get it right, but he said he basically said they have enough blockers, and it's a pretty easy slide adjustment that you can make. Right. Yeah, and so I mean, this is Sage saying. I mean, it's a quarterback who played the position. If he's saying it's a pretty easy adjustment, I'm taking his word for it, right? I mean, to us, it might be complicated. Sage seemed like it was pretty routine, so I, I don't know where the disconnect there is. Um, and then. Kurt said after the game that, you know, they had just uh, longer developing routes and not anything, uh, a quick route, hot route for a blitz, which is that him not audibling or not checking into something where you have that? Is that not Kubiak not recognizing, hey, here's their tendencies. They're a high blitzing team. They're going to blitz in this situation. They're showing it. Let's make sure we have somebody who can get the ball out of hands quick. I, I don't understand where the disconnect is. So, when we covered the beat with Brad, who was a very obstinate guy, like he, like you couldn't change his play calls, um, he, he'd get yeah. pissed off. When we were on the beat, I think we both did, we both talked to Bevel at times and the quarterbacks at times about what the freedoms were. And, and I think that we were both essentially told, and this, and this is where it gets confusing, I think, to people now. Audibles are unusual. Like unless you're Brady or yeah. Rogers or or an esta- a very established smart quarterback, very few quarterbacks are given the freedom to change a play completely. But everybody has checks. Everybody can slide protections. Like that's not new. And that and and Mac yeah. Jones can probably slide protections. So I think the difference here with Kirk is, yes, Kirk shoulders a lot of the blame. And it's quite clear from what Mike is saying. And I think in this case, Zimmer's not lying. I think he's being truthful, Chip. Zimmer is alluding to the fact that Kirk has freedoms, but isn't going into great detail. Because I think to go into great detail would have to be to sell Kirk out completely. Um, yeah. But but this is Zimmer's fault because this is why Kubiak can't be his guy. Yeah, and the whole fundamental flaw with this with – this, um entire situation was go back to the end of last year, last, uh, you know, end of the year press conference and, the, and all throughout spring and everything. What did Zimmer say? Our, our offense is good. We're, we're fine. We just got to repeat that. You know, we're, I mean, look, we were top 10 in, in offense. And so um, it's almost like he had no concerns whatsoever. Like he could just plug in Clint Kubiak because he's Gary's son and it's the same offense essentially. Right. There might be, 
couple wrinkles, but essentially the same offense, and, and they'll just keep on chugging along, and the defense will get fixed, and here we go. Well, I don't – you know, you didn't factor in that, hey, he's a first-time play caller who might not be able to do the job. Right. And so that's where the whole fundamental problem is, is is you have a young coach who's never done this, is learning on a job in a year where they have zero margin for error in terms of their job security. And so um, it's, it's just the lack of adjustments during the game after they get past their scripted and just falling into this conservative, um, you know, I've seen a stat a lot this week where they're, you know, top, I think three or four in second and long run plays. I mean, this is, it's just, I don't know how they, how do they go through their self scout, which they said they do. And they look for tendencies and surely that came up, right? Hey, on second long, we're throwing, we're running the ball too much. We're not being successful, but then not get a, then stick with it. I just, they're not, how many times do they have to keep going down this road to realize it's not working? You know, you're not successful for a reason. And then just to not adjust to that. It's, um, and I don't know if that Zimmer just over confident in his defense, that the defense will save the day at the end of the games. And they're not because they've been very bad in two minute situations. The defense, they've given up scores. Um, it's just, it feels archaic the way they're playing. It doesn't feel like they're giving themselves even close to the best chance of being successful. And how do you do a self scout? And by the way, if Zim is telling the truth, they did two, they did one the week before the bye, before they played Carolina. And then, and then during the bye, you obviously do a self scout. How do you do essentially two offensive self scouts and leave play action stripped out because they have dropped. I I think the stat that Phil found that they were, I believe eighth in 2020 in play action plays. They were going into the game last week against Baltimore 29th. And I I saw a great stat tweeted this week. The Vikings actually had a lot of success with cousins in, in a hurry up, no huddle last season. And they're barely doing it now. So how do you not self-scout that and say, hey, you know what? These two things, because Kirk is, you know, nothing Kirk does is shocking. Like you, Kirk is, yeah. Kirk is Kirk. He is a robotic. I can do this well. I can do that well. Why would you ever go away? You know, he's not going to change. Why would you go away from what he's good at? But what he's good at is what you have to emphasize. Yeah, well, the play action we talked about last week, that's, this is mind boggling because especially with the running game you have. and but Like a hurry up is a good idea too. When things yeah. aren't working, third yeah. quarter, come out, hurry up. Well, you can do the it. thing that I, I, yeah, the thing that um, that baffles me. Okay, you, you, script to play, take a deep shot. It works, Jefferson, and then you basically ignore him the rest of the game. Yep. And then they come in, it's like, wow, boy, they adjusted. They did the two shell, and they had the high. Yeah, you know, it's a bunch of blank. It's like, Why can't you come up with a quick screen or some way do a jet sweep or you can scheme around that. Right. Get the ball in your best player's hands. I just it. it uh, I wonder if they just sit there in the game and like, does it dawn on them that they're not try, that they're not getting the ball to their their top receiver? And you and then they sit there and like, okay, hey, they're taking away this deep shot. Well, then work at intermediate. Work, do something different to say there's got to be something in your play sheet that can get the ball in his hands in a quick rhythm way that 
allows him to try to go make a play. So it's, and maybe we're oversimplifying it. I don't know that we are, um, but it's frustrating how they're just continuing to beat their head against the wall and think that it's, they're going to get different results. I mean, it's just, I, I don't understand their process of once the game starts, after you get past your scripted, it, it just feels like um, everything comes to a screeching halt. Yep. And where is Thielen? Where is Osborne? Why is Tyler Conklin like the guy now? Um, yeah. The, the Irv Smith idea I actually loved, and I think he's really good, but he's hurt. And Tyler Conklin, yeah. Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith are fellow tight ends in name only. They're yeah. as far Conklin's away. Okay. Yeah, he's fine, but he's I okay. mean, but he is not he's your not Irv Smith, and and he, and he's not your primary target. And okay, as I keep saying, let's say for the sake of this discussion, Justin Jefferson is taken away. Oh man, we can't find him. He is covered so well. Are you telling me Osborne and Thielen? They're also gone. No, it's not. It's not possible. We are we're oversimplifying the discussion as far as I am concerned, as far as just do it. But 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 we aren't in the sense that I guarantee you, if you look at the uh, the coaches film, all three guys are not always covered. But, you know, Kubiak and Cousins probably don't want to be yelled at. Right. And they know the default is. Well, we're being safe, and we're ha- we're handing the ball to Dalvin, and Zim's like, "That's what we need to do." And yeah, so this is yeah. where I think it traces back to Mike as well. There's no Mike does not get off the hook for this. No, 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 because he sets the whole template of how this thing's run. But yeah, it it does go back to we, we mentioned Conklin. See, that's where I think there's no way that Clint Kubiak is drawing up plays to throw it to Tyler Conklin this many times. No, it's it's the it's the quarterback, quarterback. that's just will not take a chance or is not seeing it or doesn't feel comfortable, uh, you know, making uh, lower percentage throws, even though you have a two good receivers that make ridiculous catches. I mean, how many, how many catches have you seen Adam Thielen make in the last four years? Where you are like, man, how do you catch that one? Mm-hmm. You know, just go up and get the ball. But he just, he's not giving them opportunities to do that. And I just don't know why he won't pull the trigger. I think it's just his, his personality and the way he does it. He values completion percentage and, and um, low turnovers right now. And maybe because he got beat over the head so much the last couple of years with the interceptions that he threw that he's like, you know what, I'm not going through that again. I'll just, if there's any doubt, I'm going to check it down to my tight end or fullback. Um, but, you know, it, it's just like those two, the, the drives after they had the two turnovers is why this team is not winning, right? You had a chance to go up 21-3 to halftime. I'm not saying the game's over then because the Vikings are, you know. But going in that locker room at 21-3, you're feeling awfully darn good about how, you you know, where you're at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you right. have a negative run and then two really bad throws by he overthrew, I think it was Jefferson and Thielen, right, on second and third down. And then yep. you have to kick a field goal. It's like, and then, you know, obviously the the one in overtime where you do nothing, you go three and out. Um, it's just, this is why they're losing, mm-hmm. you know. You, you're playing so conservative and, and just afraid to keep your foot on the gas or put your foot on the gas. And you just, you're leaving the, you're leaving the door open for teams to come back and beat you. And then, and they're wondering like, wow, how's this happening? I mean, it's just happened so much. This is weird. It's not weird. <laughs> it's, there's a reason, you know. And Mike is coaching games as if he has the 2000 
17 defense. Like you would think like he has the 85 bears. Yeah. I mean, it's right. <laughs> but that's exactly right. But I mean, he is coaching. He is coaching this team. Like his defense is fixed and they're not Yeah. to your point. They are giving up. I mean, they are hemorrhaging points late in games. Um, and instead of saying, okay, this isn't working. It's he is almost yeah. trying to run a scheme that works under the assumption. His defense is always going to hold. And I, you know, that OT in Baltimore, I don't even fault them. What what was it? Baltimore ran eighty five plays, eighty four plays, some ridiculous number. Yeah, well, the well, the, yeah, the uh, if you count the like the penalties thing back, I mean, Kendricks and Barr and Woods and and uh, Bynum all played ninety eight snaps, Joe. Yep. Ninety eight, and and now Barr is hurt again. In, in a NFL game, his knee's bad again. Ninety eight yeah, plays, and that's a college game. game. It's un- it, yeah, a high scoring college game. So. Um, no, where their problem is defensively is, and I know Zimmer had all the stats last year or last week, the number one sacks and all that. It, it's the, it's those critical where, Hey, got to have a stop right here. Two minute. You gotta, you gotta bow up and make a stop here. You gotta shut them down. And they're just not able to do it. Right. But that's why and part of this, they're wore out the other the last week. They're just completely worn down. Right. But that's why you, you have to embrace what the offense can do, and it's, but instead, yes. but instead, yes. they they are running an offense that almost assumes that that they have the Vikings receiving core from circa two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's bad. That, like, like, that's where you have to keep your foot or put your foot on the gas on offense because you can't <laughs> you can't assume your defense is going to bail you out every single week. They might do it occasionally. Yep, but but it's it's. Um, there, yeah, just the, the approach is, you know, I, I, it does start with Zimmer to me. I mean, we, we I know we were dumping on Kubiak and, and Cousins, and they deserve their share, but it, but the head coach sets the philosophy and and how this thing is going to be. So he he absolutely bears the ultimate responsibility. And why this coach, who's impatient, would think that a first time play caller at the age of what? 34, and I don't care whose friend he, he might be or whose son of yeah. a friend. Why Why Mike thought that going into, as you accurately put it, a make or break year, why he thought this is going to work, I have no clue. Uh, do you, Joe, do you, do you think, ahead. do you think, no, I'm just interjecting point here. Do you think he did that thinking he was going to have Rick Dennison help him? Probably. Yeah, that's, that's like probably, he was going to yeah. be the old boy. Yes, voice. I do. Yes, I do. Like if he knew Dennison was not going to be there, do you think he makes the same decision? Maybe he does. Maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I wonder if 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 that was part of the whole thing. Hey, I got Rick Dennison, a guy I trust, veteran coach. He's going to be there to help him out. And then oh, oh, oh by the way, no, he's not. I wonder if that was part of his equation. It very well could have been because yes, I do think I I think that the Dennison thing was a far bigger deal than we gave it credit for. Because Mike loves those old, crusty, coffee-drinking coaches. He loves those guys. Stop in my office. That he and trusts. And, yeah, and we'll talk some football. And they can swear up a storm and game plan and talk about the 1958 championship game. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you're probably right. But nonetheless, I mean, it was. It's, so, it's been dicey. And I, I guess what I don't get now is he continues to stick with Kubiak despite the fact he's drowning. Yeah, what I mean, like what would some be help. your option though? Get, yeah, get him I mean, some I mean, help. Get him some help. Yeah. Allow, uh, do something. Like you are, you are, you have a quarterback who is risk adverse, 
you have an OC who is calling plays scared. And I'm not, I, I would love to know who is actually involved in the scripting of plays. I don't think it's Clint. I think he's involved, well, but I but I don't think he sits down. It's be the whole staff. I think it's, it's right. Be the whole staff. But somebody's doing a good job there. Like who's doing the who's doing a good job? I'd like to know that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I would imagine it's you know all the the entire staff. Like, hey, here's you know because throughout the week, I did a story years ago um, about putting together a game plan, and like I remember George Stewart, who was the wide receiver coach. Like his day was like third and long or third and short. Yep. Like he put, he installed those, you know, and everybody had a certain. Yep. I'm just saying. Breakdown. And so, yeah. So, but I think it's probably the entire staff, but it's like, okay, once you get past the script, it's like, oh, bleep, you know, now yeah. we have to adjust and react and you can't have a, you can't have a staff meeting every play, you know, to say, what No, do? but if there's it's somebody like who's gotta, especially a, um, good, yeah, I'd, I I'd like to involve them more in what we're, in what we're seeing here than just, hey, Clint, it's your turn now, you know, play 16, baby, what you got? I don't know, guys. You know, yeah. that's my problem. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Chip. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know who that would be. Like, if, if, you know, I don't think he's going to make a change. You know, midseason, you're kind of stuck with what you're at because I just don't know if there's another coach. Anybody you have on there, I don't know. There's, is there another coach on that staff that's I, called plays? So you'd be right back to the beginning. You know, yeah, I'm not sure. Over, so it's a mess, though, Judd. I mean, I, I didn't see where they were, you know. I checked last week and they were 18th in scoring um, going into the Baltimore game, I believe. There's no way in offense. With a veteran quarterback making $33 million, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen should be 18th in the league in scoring. I'm no. sorry. But they assumed that they were fine. You're right. Yeah. They That's, said, yeah, yeah. we were 11th. We'll probably be top 10. It's going to be great. And we all said, are you sure about that one? Uh, but Mike is coaching like they are top 10. Mike is coaching the Mike is coaching like our defense will save us. Mike is it's almost like he's not watching the same games at times that we are. And that's what's baffling. Mm-hmm. Um Dalvin Cook. So the the d- disturbing uh, suit came out this week. A former girlfriend, and to be clear, it's a civil suit. So he is in no mm. e- immediate trouble because the uh, the alleged incident and something did take place was a year ago now. But he's not going to be suspended right now. What sh- what is your take on on this and the fact that he's going to play? But this is also just another thing in the pile of of potential distractions and um, and things that have taken place this season. Yeah, I wrote a column about this for today, Judd. I didn't like the way it was handled by Cook's side in terms of um, they knew the Star Review, my paper, was had interviewed. I think they knew we interviewed the woman, but they knew we were writing a story. Um, and they knew we had the lawsuit. Um, so they went to uh, the big media outlets. And, you know, painted a story that, uh, and maybe they believed it, but they didn't give them the full story or, or the main media outlets didn't get both, <clears throat> they didn't get both sides. So when it came out that Dalvin was a victim of domestic abuse and extortion, uh, it made it seem like uh, something that there wasn't two sides to this. And there was, mm-hmm. I didn't like that at all, but it is interesting that, Dalvin and he came out yesterday and talked. He's been so uh, forceful in his innocence. And he came out the first thing he said yesterday. I just want you to know that I'm the victim here, and the facts are going to come out. Um, so it's it's 
those the two versions are couldn't be any more one saying they're the uh one side saying he's the victim she's saying she's the victim so we don't know i mean obviously none of us know um you know i i my guess is you know, I, I don't know this is going to rise to a criminal thing. I don't know if the police are going to get involved, if it just gets settled somehow, whether either out of court or through a jury, you know, whatever. Um, but it's just, it, it goes back to our original point where there's always something happening. Yes. Th- this year, you know, it's just another thing that they've had to deal with. And now it sounds like you had a pretty serious COVID situation with Dakota Dozier that having to be hospitalized with, with pneumonia and that's scary. And, um, I haven't seen today because Zimmer said yesterday that there were 29 close contacts that had to be um, tested mm-hmm. because they had close including contacts him. with him, including him. Um, we haven't seen the results, but I guess I would be surprised if they go 29 and another one that there might be another, you know, have 29, are they going to have 29 negatives out of there? So I wouldn't be surprised if there's more, you know, just because just, you know, how have we seen it? So it's, um, there's just a lot of distractions and uh, issues that they're having to deal with on top of losing and trying to figure out how to win games. And it's, uh, I said it last week that the stress level inside that building must be high. I, I can't imagine what it's like in there right now with all these, you know, close losses and now the Dalvin situation and the COVID situation. It's, it's just a bad, it's a bad time for them. Right. right. And, and so you, you go play the chargers on Sunday and, the last time I checked, he struggled in back-to-back games, but played well against Philly. Justin Herbert is having a very good yeah. year, and now you've got a secondary that's going to be on Sunday without Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, Dantzler, and Breland. But Bre- Breland seemingly gets hurt what once per game, and so yeah, that yeah. brings in Chris Boyd, who should not be playing. Chris Boyd should not mm-hmm. be ever on a field, actually being asked to play cornerback. And so, yeah, it does feel like there's, it feels like there's a lot of obstacles and distractions, but it also feels like the Vikings are doing very little to put themselves in a position, a position to ultimately succeed. They are at times, but the frustration has to be what you talked about, which is the fourth quarter, you fall apart. And, and yes, that comes from some unfortunate luck, but more to me comes from coaching it comes from coaching and the fact that you have an opportunity you know in baltimore put the dagger in you don't do yeah. it well and that's the thing it's like go back to that point where they could have gone up 21 three it's like that that first half lamar jackson was not good no i mean his, his passing was off he was erratic and so you you're getting a day where he's not at his best you have a chance to go up 21 three doubt seeps in Again, it doesn't guarantee you're going to win, but the percent if you're up 21-3, I got to imagine the you know what do they call that thing the win win percentage index like, yeah, win percentage yeah. all the kids love I'm it. Chip. Would, Get with the times. Yeah. I, I can't I'm say anything, but I'm guessing I'm it would. I guess it would be. <laughs> I'm guessing it would you're be pretty high if you're winning 21. I'm not as hip as you. You're, you're not as hip as um, me. I'm much more hipper. <laughs> that's right. But I can dance, but they won't. They they won't take it. They won't. I know. They won't seize those moments. Yes. And so, and I don't think it's because of talent. I don't think it's I agree because, with you. Oh, we're, we're just not good enough. It's they they just won't do it. How do and, you, um, how do you not? In, in, I don't know. So so um so when you get when Cam Bynum picks off Cam Bynum, who now has yeah. one more pick than Harrison Smith, playing the same position, 
How do you get the ball at the 16 and it never goes in the end zone? Because that's how you're going to score that touchdown. Yeah. Yes. You know, how does yes. the ball and not end up in the – Kirk, you can make this throw. I don't want to. Too bad. Yeah. You can make this throw. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's – it's um, and I have to imagine, because it's because of the manner in which they're losing, and, you know, those players have to be thinking, like, what are, what are we doing here? You know, what – I think, yes. If you're Justin Jefferson Adam and Thielen? Adam Thielen, you think you're not thinking that, like – we're this close to winning without us really being an integral part. Um, yeah. At, at what point do they start voicing their, you know, loud and uh, I got a feeling pleasure. I got a feeling Thielen has, um, he, he was fa- for him. He was fairly frontal after the home loss a couple weeks ago to Dallas. Uh, I have a feeling that Thielen has not held back privately. Now I would I would yeah. argue that with his experience, I would tell him, "Hey, look, I'm going to talk about this. This is ridiculous. Like if you yeah. guys, if you cannot get your act together, the last resort that I have is to say what you just said." And and I think it was on Monday, Thielen did come out and he said, "I'm sick of the fact because we have the players." He said, "We have this, we have that," and his only nod to the coaches is they're working hard. So. That to me is him saying this is not a talent problem, which I agree with. Offensively, this is I, not I a talent problem. Uh, Cook is playing, Thielen is playing, Jefferson, Osborne, Kirk's your quarterback. You've just plugged in a left tackle who's seemingly He's solid. Yeah. O'Neill yeah. is solid. Um, so Ir- Irv Smith being out hurts, but you have plenty of talent. That's one to guy, distri- exactly. That's one guy. No, yeah, amen, Chip. Amen. And and how many every team has lost it one guy. Of course. Right. You know, it's not like Earth Smith was your best player. So um yeah, you yeah, I mean, um but they those guys can talk and beg and plead and campaign all they want behind the scenes to the thing. But if if Kubiak and Cousins don't execute it in games, then it's you know, it's it's just not they have to take that and apply it and it's just you know, I, I don't know if it's 50-50, but it, the last couple of weeks, to me at least, after Kirk played so well, it feels like he's reverted to bad habits in terms of being ultra safe and not throwing at packs of sticks. And, and maybe it's just more glaring because they've lost these games kind of in frustrating fashion and not gotten the ball to their playmakers. But it just the last two weeks really feels like he's gone back into that check down mode. But this is Kirk too, right, Chip? Like like Kirk is Kirk yeah, is yeah, yeah. up and down and and so so the good doesn't surprise me and this Kirk does not surprise me so no, I think this I is just it, I guess Kirk. it doesn't yeah but I mean it, it also but comes it, down his, to coaching empowerment yeah and his good had been his good had been pretty extended there up until that you know yes, recently he great he was on a roll and it, and it went back to last year too so I felt like maybe he was turning a different type of corner and becoming you know because he was comfortable with the office we were talking about that. Another year in the office, coordinator. Yep. Feels, you know, this new Kirk, and it's just like, where has that gone? But what throws Kirk for a complete loop? Blitzes, pressure. Yeah. And and we can't always, I mean, teams blitz. We can't always be like, well, the guard, the guard wasn't perfect yeah. on that play. No quarterback is kept clean. But the, Cowboy, no. the Cowboys and the Ravens have done a great job of bringing pressure. The answer is you've got, the problem is the good 
quarterbacks can buy time and shuffle, right, and keep their cool, Kirk immediately checks down. Um, yeah. And so it's like there's not that next, okay, I've got to get rid of the ball quickly, which Kirk was doing great early in the season, but it has to go to Jefferson. It has to go with Kirk Chipper. It always seems to be check down or I'll just small screen pass. Yeah. That's well, easy I, to sniff out. Yeah, and we've seen games where the line, offensive line absolutely sabotaged the thing. I wouldn't say that's been the case here. Have they been great? No. Has there been some pressure? Yeah, but guess what? It, it, you know, quarterbacks face pressure. Of course. And yes. It just it just feels like he's he's not letting uh it's gotten to him to a point where he's fallen into that habit of thinking he's had more pressure than he does and he's just getting rid of it before, you know, and not taking the chances. Um it's not so much the pressure; it's just not wanting to take a shot in a tight space down the field and risk the, the turnover. That's what it feels to me. Yes, in some cases, I agree. Now, on the third and nine play, I will say this, and this is why they should have just called a damn timeout: the lack of adjustments to the routes. Like Jefferson yeah. and Thielen ran fairly com- what looked like fairly complex routes. They should have they they should have when they knew that pressure was coming had the ability to cut those off. And just make a play. At least one of them. Yes. Yeah, at least and one instead, of them. they yeah. instead, I believe they sort of crisscrossed, and the actual intended receiver on the pass was Thielen, although it was probably closer to Justin. Um, that's the sort of thing that has to be simplified. Like right then, okay, yeah. they're they're bringing pressure. What's our counter? Because we're going to have to go quick here. And instead, mm-hmm. they, instead, and then you know, Kirk being Kirk talks about well, they're slow developing routes. That's not an option. Like no, somebody's got to somebody got to change that. Yeah, I mean, you can't just say shrug your shoulders and like, well, we had slow developing routes. It's like, well, why didn't you adjust? Like, if right. you knew they were going to blitz, why why didn't? I don't know that that's an okay answer. You know, it's like you you got to be able to adjust there, and so you don't get stuck in that situation. So that that's the frustrating part. Like when you watch it and then you hear that, and you're like, that felt like that was avoidable. It was. And you just had you to know? get that first down. I don't care how you do it. You have to get that first down. Not, yeah. not well, an incomplete, to... hurried pass that hits the ground and nobody really yeah, had just, a chance at. No, I just kind of threw it up, you know, yeah. in desperation. You just panicked. Like, that's, yeah. So, yeah, that's, I guess that's the right word. It just, some of these things felt feel avoidable. And they're, you know, for whatever reason, they're <laughs> like not the making... losses, Chip. <laughs> the losses yeah. feel avoidable. You could win yeah. these games. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, your Vols. Proud, you proudly, Kentucky? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, you, you appear to be proudly representing your Vols. Yeah. Are right. things going well now? Yeah. Like, like have we, we stopped throwing we, stuff at opposing coaches and we've, I feel being good. chastised I feel and being Bush League? I mean, I mean, I hate to say it. Yeah. But. No, that was bad. That was, that was not, that was your not guy our final. Uh, that was your guy Lane. You guys used to be tight. I know. You used and he to kept call, the golf ball. You used to call Lane. Yeah, <laughs> he kept the golf. He's become he's become a very cantankerous. Oh, he's guy. Oh, he's funny. Um, yeah, no, we beat we beat Kentucky, and uh, that was an upset. And so I, I'm very happy with what Josh Heupel and the new coaching staff have done, considering Look at you, and considering how much uh, personnel we lost during the transition. This this has uh, been a very positive season, I would say. You know what, Lane seems surly. Which makes me want to talk about Chip Scoggins, our favorite beer in particular, Surly Brewing Company, proud sponsor of Purple Daily, Purple Access, Surly Furious. So, all right, Chip Scoggins, 
What's the weekend plan when it comes to you and a little bit of Surly Furious? Well, I am leaving tomorrow to go cover the Gophers at Iowa game. I don't think they're going to have Surly Furious in Iowa City. But I can tell you Sunday when I get home, there will be Surly Furious in the refrigerator at the Scoggins household. <laughs> Popping that. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm locked and loaded. <laughs> Thank you, Chip. We'll, we'll talk to you. Enjoy, right, enjoy the college football game, and we'll talk to you next Thursday, okay? See you later. All right. Purple Access, as I said, sponsored by our friends at Surly Brewing and also TCL. Enjoy more with TCL TVs, making sports far more enjoyable, especially when you have a Surly Furious in your hand. Talk to you later.